0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Who Raised You podcast with Brandon Michael. Um, I am your host, Brandon Michael himself. Uh, I know for the past two weeks, I have been talking about getting a guest, and we finally got one, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is very exciting. Um, this is somebody that I've known since elementary school. It's been a while. Yes. Um, from her recollection, she assumes or she alleges that I stabbed her with a pencil in her hand. Um, I have proof, all right? We, I can show you. You know, we we here on the on the Who Raise You podcast. We don't talk about the past too much. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> right, right. But it's okay, bringing up the past. <laughs>
0: so, welcome to the stage. Oh, welcome to the stage. Welcome to the podcast room, uh, Miss Jairi Padro. Uh, Jairi is so... Great to see you. It's so great to hear from you. How is everything?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Um, everything is good. and I mean, we can all be doing a little bit better, but overall, everything is pretty manageable in life.
0: <laughs> How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, today was obviously work. Um, never a fun time, but, you know, I'm always grateful. I think 2021 really helped me to be grateful of a lot of things in life um
1: no yeah for real same I feel like with the whole COVID situation I've been a little too into my shell and now that things are starting to get a little bit normal I'm coming out of my shell and just being a lot more adventurous and uh forcing myself uh (laughs) to get outside my comfort zone
0: so I think this is a good segue before we get into um well who you are right how has, you know, the transition from 2020 and everything that happened to 2021, how has that whole process been for you mentally, physically, emotionally, and where do you feel like you're currently at now?
1: Um, that's a good question. And that I feel like I haven't really put much thought into it. I feel like when things shut down, I mean, everyone was scared, right? Everyone was afraid. They didn't know what was going on. Um, I didn't want to leave my house. I was side-eyeing like all my roommates, like (laughs) they're coughing, stay away from me. (laughs) Um, but I was also just afraid of, you know, um, uh, potentially affecting my family. Um, I have a little brother, so, you know, that I definitely didn't want to be too near. Um, so I wasn't seeing them as much, but then I guess looking back at it now, it's amazing to see how far we've come and, Um, just how I grew as a person, I feel like (laughs) COVID-19 definitely pushed everyone to think about different things in different ways. Um, yeah.
0: No, I think that's great. And I, it's, it's so weird. Like the fact that it's like, it actually happened. And you never thought you were going to be living in a time period where it's like, yo, we're wearing masks, this shots here, we're doing... I still
1: can't believe it. (laughs) I still can't (laughs) believe it. But it's still, you know, it's still, I get upset that I get on the train and there are people who are like not wearing masks and I totally, you know, understand everyone's point of view. Um, But still, you know, you can, you can be infecting somebody (laughs) and not even know it, you know, not, not potential, not uh, intentionally.
0: And I think that's so interesting because it's like it's the little things that even people still can't get right, right? Like cuz even when covid started, what what was the conversation? Put on a mask. People still have I can't do it. It's and I'm like it's a <laughs> mask like that's it's legit what? a mask <laughs> like oh uh please do not leave your house unless it's necessary. Oh, but what if I need some fr- like it was always like a, a, a objection to it. I'm just like. I got to go to the store. I left my mask at home. <laughs> I work at a university and the amount of times that every time somebody comes into the building to need a new mask, it gets frustrating because it's like, bro, where did you? Oh, I gave it to my friend to use. Why? <laughs> what?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> so
0: That's insane. It is interesting, but I'm glad that you were safe. I'm glad that you are still healthy um, for the most part. I know that, you know, people keep saying that we want to get back to the norm. And I think that we will never get back. I think we just have to do better as individuals and as people. Um, I think this was an eye opener that, because in my personal opinion, as much technology and as, as advanced as we are in this country, stuff like this shouldn't happen. In my personal opinion, I feel like we're too we're we're too great at it. Like we're too great on how we live to be so careless. And I think what a disease. The fact that it caught everybody off guard and this happened in my head. I'm like, damn. What I I feel like you have something to say.
1: Uh, I mean,
0: in terms in terms of what exactly. Well, for, All right, so what do you, when it comes to the new norm right what do you what do you define as the new norm for you moving forward and the way society is with this whole covid cuz obviously it seems like covid is going to be here for quite some time have you accepted the new norm or are you trying to look for a new norm or are you like i wish things would go back to the way they were
1: um i mean i can't imagine Going back to how things were right now, um, I'm still thinking like when are when is it when are we gonna reach the point where we have to stop wearing masks, um, where we feel comfortable sitting next to each other on the train, where we feel comfortable just hanging all out in the office again, or till we can get there. Um, so I don't, I don't see it now, and I I don't know when that will come. Maybe next year, maybe in a year and a half, two years. But for me right now, the norm is staying healthy, (laughs) Um, wearing my mask, you know, following all these safety stuff. Um, And uh, yeah.
0: Great. Um, So I I feel like I was on, I feel like I just did like a Joe Rogan podcast where I went straight into a topic, but I wanted to actually backtrack a little bit and just for, the people at home to get some insight about who you are so like what is your upbringing up until this point um who is Jairi? first of all gyri is a very unique name like gyre's is the only person i ever met that has a name Jairi. so that oh is worth, <laughs> you know? so who is Jairi?
1: um no yeah i'm uh, speaking of Jairi and i'm sorry do you hear that in the background by the way
0: yeah but I, yeah it should be fine we're, we're it yeah. should be
1: fine okay <laughs> cool no um all right so um, no, yeah, Jairi, my mom made that name. Uh, it's supposed to be my mom and my dad's name put together. Her name is Jasmine. My dad's name is Ricky. Uh, so she tried to do the first two letters and put them <laughs> together, Jairi, and then she just, like, changed it into a Y, put the E in the middle, because it stands for ja and I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's gyrie. I've gotten Jerry all of my life, especially in middle school. I'm sure you, you remember. Um, uh, yeah. So I've gotten so used to Jerry. I'm just like, call me Jerry, gyrie, hirey. I get, um, it's all fine. Um, I was, let's see, taking it back. I was born in Puerto Rico. I'm basically Americanized you would say though. I've been here since I was a little less than two years old and I've always been in the Bronx. Um, went to middle school with Brian. I mean, uh, with Brandon.
0: Wow. Wow. I was like, like, who the heck is Brian? Like, what the heck? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh... um,
1: Went to school with Brandon. You know, he stabbed me in my hand uh, with a pencil. Allegedly, I don't know why.
0: There were no criminal <laughs> charges that were brought to my attention.
1: <laughs> Still have that lead mark on my hand. Um,
0: the birthmark. And, ladies and gentlemen, it's a birthmark. Oh, oh okay.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I remember I was really good at math and science. And so um, I thought I wanted to be a nurse. Um, my grandfather had diabetes. He would have me, uh, you know, give him his insulin shots. Um, I thought I was a doctor. I said, "Hmm, maybe I want to be in the nursing field." Went out to high school, went to Health Opportunities High School, and from there, I got my. Um, I got into this program called the GCD program. It stands for Geriatric Career Development. And from there in that program, I was working with seniors. I got my CNA license there, my phlebotomy, um, EKG, all of that. (laughs) Um, Never asked me if I used it. No. Um, I remember my first job was as a CNA and I could not last more than one week. It was like the worst thing I've ever experienced. I remember going home the first night crying because I was so tired and they wanted me to do an extra 12 hour shift. Mm. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah. So I I was a little confused about what I wanted to do in life from there. I was like, I want to be somewhere in the health field. I just don't know um, what I want to study. So <clears throat> when I got into Lehman College, um, I thought I wanted to major in like biology or something. Um, and I realized that it really wasn't something I was too into. I didn't like all the science, the extra science stuff. Um, so I had a friend at the time who was, uh, in the health and wellness program and I looked up to her a lot. Um, and we would do tabling events around the school and just talk about health. Um, during, I remember, you know, during Halloween time right now, uh, we had like a teeth model and we were talking about how, you know, candy and sugar was all types of bad for your teeth. Um, so the part about, of uh, Educating people about health is what I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, So I decided to major in health education and promotion, specializing in community health and nutrition. I thought, hmm, you know, I was always an overweight kid as a child. um, And, you know, it really messes people up mentally, socially, socially. So nutrition was something that I guess I was starting to explore. Um, And it always tied back to, um, you know, personal reasons, because not only was I, was I overweight, I had my gallbladder removed at the age of what, like 11, maybe. Um, And everyone was telling me, oh, you know, it's all the soda you're drinking. It's all the salt. It's all the fatty foods that you're eating. Um, so I was completely confused. I didn't know what healthy eating was. I just knew what I grew up eating. Um, so I remember at a point I started to kind of, um, I guess distance myself from my cultural foods, um, because I thought that they were, you know, quote unquote bad. I don't like labeling foods good or bad. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I decided when I majored in health education and promotion, I started taking some nutrition classes. This is where I first started learning how to cook. Um, And although I still did not understand it, I did not understand cooking at all. I remember my first like cooking project. I had two other girls with me. They were so experienced in the kitchen. I was literally just like washing the dishes, you know? (laughs) Um, And like measuring out stuff, you know, very kiddish thing. So um <clears throat> so so yeah I I was really interested in the nutrition field um and in the health field and I thought that maybe just health education was something that I wanted to pursue. So when I graduated from Lehman, you know, part of graduation was being able to intern at a community-based organization and that's when I found BronxWorks. Um, so I was interning with BronzeWorks and luckily they had a position open as a nutrition program assistant and that was my foot inside the door and I've been with BronzeWorks ever since and here I am.
0: <laughs> wow, that was a lot. Um, so we're going to actually just break that down a little bit. Um, so that way, cause I do have some questions. Actually, it's so funny because, uh, I started writing down some questions like about 20 minutes ago and I was like, I think this would be a great question to ask her. Um, so number one, like, so you, obviously you grew up in Puerto Rico. I mean, you were born in Puerto Rico. and You grew up in Puerto Rico.
1: I was born in Puerto Rico, but I grew up here.
0: Okay. Uh, at what age? So that means from like your entire life, you were basically in the Bronx for the most My time.
1: entire life. I was basically in the Bronx, but all most of my summers were spent in Puerto Rico. So I was going over like on every year.
0: How is the culture? Like, what is the difference between being in the Bronx? in your everyday and then being in PR, um, over the summer, like how was the demographic, how was the culture, how was the environment, um, in both places?
1: Um, that's a really great question. I feel like the first thing that I think about is really just, um, well, the first thing I, that comes to my mind is the food. So I feel like in Puerto Rico, you, I feel like you tend to eat a lot more of the cultural foods, you know, Um, your asopao, your arroz con gandules, um, your mofongo. Um, but over here living, especially in New York city, um, you don't have time for all of that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much preparation that's required behind all of these cultural foods. Sometimes, um, all you want to do is, and this is something I do all the time is just, you know, heat something up and, and keep it moving. Um, although I don't encourage that, but <laughs> sometimes you, you just need what's convenient because the lifestyles are completely different over here. It's a lot more fast paced in Puerto Rico. It's very slow. You know, it's no, nobody's really in a, in a rush to go anywhere.
0: <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, the movie Supersize me where he was yeah. talking about, like when you look at McDonald's, the main reason why I became so popular is because it's so convenient. Like if you think about a single mom that has like four kids to feed rather than her having to cook a whole meal, she could run to McDonald's, get a bunch of burgers for like five bucks at the time and feed the whole family for the night. So I think that's very interesting because for me, I love food. Like I <laughs> could eat, but I, oh, and I, I always tell people, this is like a superpower that I have but people don't believe me. I can tell when somebody cooked something with love, right? I can tell that they took their time with this and then I could tell when somebody rushed it. So the fact that you were like, yeah, it's more convenient, like, especially here, like, People don't take their time. Hey, you don't even wrap it up properly. The rapper's still half out. And I'm just like, yo, oh, what the heck? But I think that's interesting. I know you said growing up, you struggled a little bit um, with weight, right? And you struggled a little bit with your eating per se. And you said that you had to s- stay away from your traditional foods at the time. How was that transition for you when it's like, I grew up on this, now I have to cut back? Maybe because I didn't understand, but now I feel like I have to do it in order for me to get to where I want my body to be.
1: I was really frustrated. It was really confusing. Um, I didn't know anything but my cultural foods, <laughs> so I, it took a lot of googling. And you know, you would just like, "What are healthy foods?" Like um, you Google all of that stuff, and then what you what comes up is just, I guess a colonized or whitewashed version of what healthy eating is your couscous uh, rice and your (laughs) all these modifications um or like you had to go on a specific diet just to like lose the weight and so you know following all of these diets and all uh, whitewashed uh ideas I feel like how could you not get confused how could you not get frustrated with like the food industry Um, no, yeah, it was frustrating because, um, you, you know, leaving all the foods that you grew up eating, like, where do you start now? Um, it's kind of like you had to learn, uh, all of this on your own. And then one would think, uh, well, why don't, you know, I don't know. I would think like, why isn't this taught in school? Like what is healthy eating? Um, no one does, uh, until eventually I realized that this is, healthy eating looks different from person to person, from plate to plate, from culture to culture. Um, and that's something that I, I had recently actually just learned and something that I did not know before then. So it was a lot of, um, I struggled a lot trying to eat healthy, uh, back then, than when I had recently started my journey, actually pre COVID, (laughs)
0: And and that makes a very good point because as for someone that like fluctuated up and down, as you know, when I was in middle school, even in high school, I was a real skinny guy. And then college hit, pew, shot all the way up. But I always find it interesting that when you look up stuff about healthy eating, dieting, it's never based on like culture. It's always this one generic thing. Like they will tell you, hey, have some white rice and some... Uh, a chicken with no flavor. And you're just like, well, in my culture, we don't eat that. Is there any way it could be tailored? Um, can I do a more of a portion? And it's never really a specific, like, so you feel like you have to walk away from it and it can be frustrating. Like even for myself, I got extremely frustrated because I'm like, it's, they're trying to make it a one all be all when it shouldn't be the case because everyone's culture is different. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. And now for yourself, what do you feel like if you was to go back as the young person that was beginning their weight loss journey or their healthy eating journey, what would you think will be the best advice to give that would have benefited you the most now?
1: Hmm. Um, I'd definitely tell her uh, just do everything little by little take your time. Don't rush into it. It'll come. Um, I feel like with the food industry and just like pushing all of these diets and thinking that you can like lose this amount of X amount of weight and X amount of time. Um, again, it just really messes you up mentally. Um, you have no idea (laughs) what healthy eating is. Um, but yeah, I feel like the progress that I've personally made since, you know, having those, um, ideas, uh, I realized that a lot of the changes really started off small. Um, they weren't big changes. They were very small, um, that eventually you, you build up over time and it becomes a habit, right. It becomes yeah. a part of you.
0: <laughs> and, and I guess my follow-up question to that would be, cause now that we're talking about healthy eating and some of the things that could probably confuse Um, a bunch of individuals, what do you feel like are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to healthy eating, um, clean eating, or uh, dieting um, that you've noticed, especially as you started transitioning into your nutrition career?
1: Um, I realized that that's a really good question. I realized that there's no, there's never not one food that's gonna give you like, everything that you need to survive right it's really just a combination of things and the choices that you decide to make um there is no good or bad food there is not there's like no such thing as like clean eating in fact like if people become you know that's a de- uh, eating disorder being so obsessed with clean eating you know <laughs> um it's been diagnosed uh, uh, especially with uh oh. nutritionists and and registered dietitians yeah um it's a thing but um Uh, yeah. uh, there's no good or bad foods. It's all about, I don't even like saying eating in moderation. I I, I'm, I'm a big, big advocate for like just eating what you feel in the moment, like listening to your body, um, mindful eating. Um, but you also, I feel like that also requires some of the foundation or just the basic knowledge of healthy eating so you need a little little bit of knowledge of healthy eating and from there i think you can more or less navigate through the food choices you know that you decide to to take
0: and now for people that are like okay my question my my question to that will be is bloating natural right because i feel like people who work out and then they eat something and be like, oh, my God, why did my stomach just grow? <laughs> like, yeah. So is bloating a natural thing and it's supposed to go that like, can you explain a little bit why people bloat is bloat, blo- get bloated? Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, bloating can happen for a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, uh, bloating can happen because of inflammation. Right. Maybe it's something that you're eating. Um Believe you know, I'm not one, I'm just a nutritionist, I'm not like a registered dietitian, so I can't like diagnose anybody with anything. Um, uh, so I will, in very general words, just say bloating can happen for a lot of reasons it can be what you eat, it can be a reaction to something, it can be like a disease that someone has. Um personally me I realize I get bloated when I eat very heavy fatty foods. Um the next day I wake up and you know I feel bloated or if I'm eating something that you know just produces a lot of gas in my stomach I'm like bloated for a few hours. Um I do realize that there are days where my body just craves, let's say the quote unquote healthy food. So, you know, you know where I'm coming from and I'm not as bloated. And there are weeks where I am really craving just, you know, I'm having a sweet tooth every night. Um, And those are the weeks or those are the days where I wake up a lot bloated than than usual. Your body is supposed to change. So, you know, being bloated, is shouldn't necessarily always be viewed as a, as a bad thing. It's just your body's way of like processing. If you're like drinking alcohol the next day, you may just <laughs> be bloated. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I, And I think that's very, I, I, I like the fact that you put it out there because for me, I get bloated for some fools and I'd be like, Oh, like I feel heavy and I love yeah. heavy. <laughs> like, and it's like, like for me, I have, and I, and I had to come back. I have a milkshake obsession. So like, oh my if, gosh. if you tell me, "Hey, Brandon, like, let's go get milkshakes," I would never say no, and that's probably part of the issue. Like, I love vanilla ice cream with rainbow sprinkles, and I like to just <laughs> drink it. Um, so when I get bloated, I'm like, "Dang, like, I probably should never eat this milkshake because I yes. feel <laughs> yep. um, so now,
1: that That recently, for sure.
0: <laughs> I the if I have two milkshakes in the same week, papa. Like (laughs) that's not good for me, Um, but I won't tell somebody. So somebody offers, like, "Hey, Brandon, let's go get milkshake." Even though I just had one yesterday, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Um, So please don't offer me to go to go get milkshake.
1: I trust me, I won't, I
0: won't. (laughs) So now for you, obviously, um, healthy eating um, played a huge factor. But I, are you also doing fitness on the side? Um, And then if you are working out. Why do you feel like that balance is so important when it comes to healthy eating and staying in shape or do you feel like it it's even important to do
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like go uh, healthy eating and, you know, just being active go hand in hand and when I'm when I say being active, I don't mean going to the gym and doing all these Um, structured workouts. I mean, literally being active, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, getting off a stop earlier in the bus or the train and then walking or just walking or uh, an extra 10 minutes or running an extra five minutes than you normally do. Um, Things like very simple things, doing squats while you're waiting for your food to heat up in the microwave, like all of that counts and all of that adds up. Um, And I feel like, you know, Me, I recently started being a lot more active and it's recently become a a, a part of my lifestyle, but that's because I started off very slow. Um, When someone gets too into a workout way too fast or workout routine, um, they eventually end up falling off because it's not something that your body's used to. So this is why I always emphasize, start off small, like just start off with, uh, for those people too who feel like they can't get started on a new workout routine, literally just start with five minutes Um, or if it just takes for you to have your shoes and your workout clothes right next to the door, like if that extra step you take is going to, is what's going to push you to make the next move and take it, then do it. Um, small changes really, really add up. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, I do think that being active is really important. Um, it's, it's, it helps, it supports your body. It really does. And it keeps you built, um. Uh, it helps your body just run as it should keeps things moving. Um, I was going to give a story that was TMI, but I decided not to share, (laughs) but I know it would be so relatable. It literally, I'll just, I will say this. It really does. Keep things
0: moving. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, first. That's the quote of the day. They keep things moving. Um, yes. <laughs> no, but that, that's great. And I think that, especially for a lot of people um, out there that probably has busy schedules, you know, from the moment that they get out of work, they're going right into something else. And the fact that you made it known that you don't have to go to the gym. You could just do small little things here and there, taking walks. Um, getting off a stop early. I used to have that same stigma too. Like I used to be like, you know what, let me get off a stop early. Let me <coughs> enjoy my music let me just go for a stroll. But I think that's great. And I think, um, as you've been talking about some of the key tips and some important things to keep in mind, I want to ask you a little bit about like your trials and your errors along the way. Um, cause obviously it wasn't all smooth sailing. I know you probably tried some things and you were like, Oh, that didn't work. You'd probably try other things. you was like, oh, that definitely didn't work. And with the quote of keeping things going, can you just dive in a little bit about kind of your journey along the way and some of the things that you probably messed up on and you feel like, ah, oh, if only I knew that a little bit earlier.
1: Um, huh. Let's see. Um, yeah, there definitely has been many, many, many times I've tried something And it didn't either, it didn't work or it did work, but it didn't last. Mm. Um, And that's how I knew that it wasn't for me. Um, So I also just want to say like being the same way healthy eating looks different from plate to plate and from person to person. Same thing is going to be with being active. Being active is going to look different. From person to person. Not everyone likes running. Not everyone likes going to the gym. Not everyone likes kickboxing like I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you really just have to find, I, you really just have to find your, your favorite way of being active. And if that's walking every day for 10 minutes, then do it. Um, so that's something that I wish I had learned a lot earlier. Um, But uh, yeah, I I think the first part of the question you were asking me about the times that um, I've tried something and failed, I will say that um, I remember in my junior year of high school, I started doing, uh, what is it, Sean T's program, uh, Insanity. Oh, Oh. my gosh.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. I tried that. I tried that before. I'm not going to lie. How was
1: it? (laughs)
0: Like, man this guy could go like he's like hit it, yeah. hit it hit it and I was like I'm trying I'm trying um uh, I used to really think those insanity video I was like yo these people are like wild like yeah. 15 minutes and I'm like he's like you could keep going I'm like how do you know <laughs> so I'm guessing you tried them um yep. and how was that for you
1: Um, insanity was great. When I'm telling you, I saw so much progress in, uh, uh, after the two month program, but I just couldn't do it again. It was too intense. Like every day I can't keep up with that. (laughs) Although I love hit cardio. I just cannot do that program for, for that long. I, I like, I personally like variety. I need, I need to do different things to keep me to have me to continue to work out. You know, I want to have fun and work out. I don't want to just do it because it needs to be done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I definitely, I like, one thing I like about hit cardio is that it kind of gets you motivated a little bit to start the foundation of entering that life of fitness. Right. Because it's like it's just regular movements where you're doing it over and over and over again. Then you're like, oh, crap, like I could actually do this. Oh, he's a jumping jack. But then that's when you start like for me, I was like, yo, this is stupid. I was like I was dying out there and it goes back because my cousin, he owns a gym in the Bronx and mm-hmm. he's a big guy. And I was like, you know what? I want to try to just go to this gym. So I go to his gym and he's like, yo, Brandon, like, I'm gonna just work you out for the day. And I'm like, all right, like this, this should be easy. I've been working out in college. I was there for 15 minutes doing a warm up, (sighs) And I I was about to pass. I was like, I'm gonna just go home. He was like, yo, we didn't even get started. I'm good. Like this, (laughs) I'm not coming back here. And I never went back. Um, And I was like, I don't like this. Um, but
1: you I, see you see literally scared you away you're, you're doing something your body can't even keep up with yet you know because you haven't had that that built stamina and completely scared you off
0: <laughs> and I, and, I, and I think it's um, it's funny because I don't I, and I don't know if this is something that you do, but I think sometimes the reason why people get discouraged or they they lack their progress sometimes because they're going, to the gym with somebody that already hit a certain peak and a certain level. So it's like for them, as I'm trying to build up that muscle, they already have that muscle. So now they're just trying to build up more strength. And I think sometimes people get discouraged a little bit um, because they're working out with the wrong partner. Well, while I do feel like you should be working out with somebody that's gonna educate you and make sure you're doing the right movements, people are focusing on two different types of workouts but they're trying to be in the same session to one another. Do you feel like you've had that issue in the past or do you feel like that's something that to each their own or do you have personal experience with that?
1: Um, I guess, I mean, there is a wrong partner, I feel, you know, Um, I mean, like I said, everyone likes have a working out in different ways. I've done insanity with different people and they completely did not enjoy it they were like, this is not for me. Just, you know, just like you said. Um, so having a a workout buddy that, you know, it's great to have somebody to go to the gym with, but you know, do you guys want to follow the same workouts, um, work on the same body parts, the same day of the, of the week? Probably not, you know, um, to each their own, like you said, um, have I experienced that? Yeah the insanity I've gone to the gym and, and done the same workouts. And I felt like I wanted to do more other people couldn't and it, it just ruins your workout. You know, <laughs> I personally love working out alone. Um, I love it.
0: Oh yeah. I like it too. Uh, I like to be at my pace. I like to be, especially my music choice sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I like to listen to musicals in my ear as I'm doing a workout because I feel like, the brain helps you function better when you know the words and it's like in a playful manner. I don't want to oh, yeah. hear all that rah, rah, sold drugs down the street. And I'm like, that doesn't get me motivated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, um, so now as we start to transition um, towards the end, I guess I want to start talking about your role at Bronx Work, correct? Yeah. So how, what initiatives has Bronx Work been doing? Why did you feel like they were the perfect place to be and stay because i you know i've seen you on instagram um have you had so much progress from your first ever time doing an event there doing cooking classes to now it's like you're outside you you have vegetables you have fruit you have so much stuff going on with bronx work so why did you feel like they were the perfect um organization to partner with and stay with um up until this point
1: Um, I love that you asked that question because uh, when I first got hired into BronzeWorks, I definitely just really wanted to get my feet wet into the nutrition field. So it was kind of like the first job I got out of college. I was like, I'm sticking to this and I'm going to grow from here, you know. Um, So we actually do a lot of things and I've learned so much to the point where everything, literally everything I've learned in BronzeWorks, I... Uh, Take it home with me Um, And I teach it to other people You know Um, It's literally my way of life now Uh, A few of the things that we The initiatives that we do um, We do workshops We do nutrition workshops um, We do cooking classes uh, We go out to We partner with other programs Who uh, want a health and wellness You know Face (laughs) in their uh, In their event Um, So we'll go out and, you know, give resources, answer questions, make it fun. Um, We have three nutrition educators. Um, I usually work with adults. Uh, We have one who works only with children and youth and one who works with their seniors. So we all do workshops. We also uh, do supermarket tours. So we'll literally go to a nearby supermarket and literally show them how to shop healthy on a budget. Um, so we'll go through every section of the store and give out a few tips and, um, point out what to look for. Um, and another thing we do every summer from July, I guess, to November, um, we do our farm stands in the South Bronx, right in front of the Segundo Belvis, uh, clinic, actually right across the street from St. Mary's Park. Um, and we, every week we're there every Wednesday, every week, we do cooking classes, nutrition classes, that last 20 to 25 minutes. And we also give out incentives. We uh, do health bucks, which are $2 coupons that you get just for participating in a 25 minute class. And you can use that money to buy whatever you want at our farm stand for $2. Um, so our market manager, she's been running this farm stand for years Um years and uh everyone knows us there everyone we see the same customers every week and they come on a consistent basis so um yeah, community work is, is really fun, um, especially with nutrition. Food really ties people together. In the workshops, we have people to say, this is how I use my squash. This is how I use my herbs. I'm like, yes, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really just, more importantly, I love the connection that I make with people. I literally sit there and have a dirty com- conversation with food about somebody. Um, and it somehow ties back to culture and their history. Um, and I learned a lot from that.
0: Oh, and that's great. And I think um, it's great that you are so deep into the community, right? Because the community is the one that you, we we care about the people that surround us. And for you over the years, how have you seen the community participation? Like obviously food brings people together. If you tell me Brandon there's a plate of food down the street, all you gotta do is show up and smile. I'm pulling up and I'm smiling, cheesing, showing all my gums, everything. So how do you feel like the participation of the communities that you are targeting, whether you're doing the stand, has been? Do you feel like it's increased? Do you feel like it's kind of stayed the same with the same normal people? Do you feel like slowly but surely it's like we're, we're making an impact more and more each time?
1: No, yeah, I think we're definitely making an impact a little bit more each time. Um, it really takes a long time to get people to participate. You know, you got to build that relationship um, with them and you got to give constant reminders um, and have countless conversations so that they don't forget who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as far as participation, I remember um, during COVID things have definitely slowed down. I mean, we couldn't do uh, cooking demos either. Um, because you know some food safety stuff, but um, participation has gone down. And now this year, um, now that we're all getting all out of our shells um, and uh, building more connections, I feel like we're seeing a lot more participation. And I, I'm mentioning COVID too because our program is really only lasting five five years um, with well, the contract, right? So. Um, and when we started our program, we didn't have all the staff that we needed. Um, so when COVID went down, we were just, we were literally looking for our staff. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. complete until COVID hit and then COVID hit. That was another barrier to getting out in the community and letting people know that we exist. Yeah. So well, now that things are going back to normal, we're definitely seeing a lot more participation. Um, cause we're out in the community all the time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's great. And okay. And as we wind down, um, this is I want to give you the opportunity to have your plug-in. So for people that are interested in getting to know more about gyre, more about Bronxworks, more about healthy eating and tips, what are some great platforms for them to look? I know you have your own personal um pages to where you promote healthy eating. So just give us some some little some sites or some platforms that we could target if we we we're interested in changing our lifestyle changing our eating or changing our habits
1: um so i will say you guys can follow me (laughs) on instagram (laughs) it's healthy actually it's not even healthy living with gyri anymore i actually changed it to gyri eats i was getting you know so um i didn't like the term healthy anymore um and the instagram name was way too long so i was like oh gyri eats I, i feel like i eat you know i don't eat just because it's healthy i eat whatever i want to eat and (laughs) nourish my body that's j-a-j-a-i-r-y eats e-a-t-s diary eats um other i love following other nutritionists um on that page as well i can't really think of any from the top of my head but i can definitely send them to you brandon but they're all centered around um like just decolonizing your plate, um and eating what you want when you feel like it, not how much you want, obviously, because that's a different topic though. Yeah. Um, and I also follow, I love following a lot of uh, cultural Instagrams too that uh, show just um, Dominican, Puerto Rican way of eating. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I think, uh, I think it's important to, to eat your cultural foods and, and, you know, it's possible to do both eat your cultural foods and, you know, be healthy or however you, you define that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And where can we, if say, for example, somebody's listening is interested in future Bronx work events that is happening in their community, where can they go to find that updated information or things that you have planned throughout the calendar year?
1: Yeah. So they can go to two websites. So um, our um, website uh, there, when you go to the website, it will say our services, just go to health and wellness and you'll see uh, our SNAP-Ed program there. Um, you can reach out to our program. There's, there will be a contact information on that page. You can also go to another website, snapednewyork.org, that's S-N-A-P-E-D-N-Y.org. And they do have a calendar that you can access and you'll see all, you can write down your zip code and they'll show you all of the, um, all of the uh, SNAP-Ed workshops that we're having either online or in person. Recently, I just discovered too, because I, I do wanna start working with libraries If you go on the New York library website um, and type in just nutrition for any events, um, you will see some free uh, nutrition workshops on there as well.
0: Great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can never say you're not informed. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm a
1: sponge of information that I love to give out.
0: (laughs) No, that's great. And I definitely, um, I know one of the the questions I had was, what was your end goal? But for me, I wanted to hold that question for the next time you come on, because I want to see, number one, if you hit it, and where do you plan on seeing yourself in the future? Um. So that's a question I want to hold on to for the next time that we, that you come back around wow,
1: Brandon. Wow. You know? That's a great question. Thank you. Know, you. I'm I, definitely
0: going to put some thought into it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to hit it with too much pizzazz, but this was such a great episode. Um, This was so great having you. Thank you so much, Jairi. Um, this Thank was you for awesome. having me.
1: Of course,
0: of <laughs> course. And I feel like a lot of people that's listening are going to really benefit, especially with the platforms that you offer, and especially with the nods that they were able to get from this little conversation. Um, so this was the Who Raised You podcast with Brandon Michael. I'm your host and have a good one.